will be in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 this morning, starting in verse number 23. Uh, 1 Corinthians 10, starting in verse 23. Uh, it is always, it is, it's a weird feeling coming back here a little bit just because this is the first time I've been in this building as a visitor. Um, it still feels like home. You know, I still recognize the faces and um, the people I care so much about. And I do apologize if we haven't gotten around to see all of you um, today to say hello and, and hearing Pastor Andy talk about the Faith Bible Institute, you know, and seeing so many of you that I went through the class. Um, and I, I actually came across a picture not that long ago of me and Brother Doug Post on our last night together. We completed that course together. Um, and then seeing him here this morning, and um, he was just like my Faith Bible Institute buddy. And, um, you know, I never did ask him if he passed or not. I'm not sure about that. Um, but, you know, it was it, it, a lot of good memories are attached here. And this is home, and being able to grow up here, it's a wonderful thing. Uh, so we're going to be in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 10. We're starting in verse number 23, and we're going to read down to verses 33, uh, and then we'll, we'll kind of break it down as we go from there. So it says this, All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. Let no man seek his own, but every man another's welfare. Whatsoever is sold in shambles, that eat. Asking no question for conscience sake, for the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. If any of them that believe not bid you to a feast, and ye be disposed to go, whatsoever is set before you, eat, asking no question for conscience sake. But if any man say unto you, This is offered in sacrifice unto idols, eat not for his sake that showed it, and for conscience sake, for the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Conscience, I say, not thine own. But of the other, for why is my liberty judged of another man's conscience? For if I by grace be a partaker, why am I evil spoken of for that which I give thanks? Whether I therefore, or sorry, whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Give no offense neither to the Jews nor the Gentiles, nor to the church of God. Even as I please all men in all things, not seeking mine own profit, but the profit of many, that they may be saved. Uh, let's go ahead and pray, and then we'll start in this message. Lord, we are so thankful for this day. I'm thankful for the opportunity to stand behind this pulpit and to preach your word. I'm thankful for this church and just their faithfulness over the years, Lord. I just pray that everything said today from the pulpit, everything that comes from your word, everything I say would be to your honor and your glory, Lord, that it wouldn't be my words, but your words. Um, Lord, and I just pray for the hearts of the people here. If there's a soul that needs to make a decision or a soul that doesn't know you as their Savior, I pray that today would be the day they'd come to know you as their Savior. And I just pray and ask this all in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So, when I came across this passage, um, you know, I'd been reading through Corinthians uh, for a little while over the last few months, um, and, and this really just kind of, it stuck out to me, you know, like a lot of things, and I'm sure, um, you know, like a lot of pastors, you know, you just, you come across things when you're doing your devotions, when you're reading, and they stick out, and it gets you thinking, um, and you just focus on them, and you don't know why God draws your attention there, but he does for some reason, um, and, and to be honest with you, my thoughts on the passage, what I thought, everything I was going to say have even changed in the last week, even within the last few hours, um, you know, just to be totally honest. Um, but it, you know, it, it shouldn't be a surprise to you, especially, and, and this hit me really much when I, when I was reading this passage, you know, we live in a rather divided country. Um, you don't have to look around to see that. There's a lot of different opinions 
a lot of different ideas of what is right and what is wrong, or if there even is a right or wrong anymore. Um, you know, and I'm not just talking about in the political nature. You can see it in the churches. You know, and we can think back. There was never a perfect time in this country, but we can certainly think back to a time where you know, we were more unified and we saw a clear right and a clear wrong, and there really was no gray areas. We just, we just knew. Um, but we don't live in that time anymore. We may know the truth, but the world does not know the truth. Um, and so I'm going to kind of relate that as I go through this. But when I look at 1 Corinthians 10.23, and I see this, and I love, I love, and I know it's the Lord speaking through the Apostle Paul, but how much he talks about grace and liberty and the law, and just he clarifies so much. And I'm not going to explain all that today. Um, I don't know that I have enough doctorates like Pastor Andy does to even give you everything that you need to know. Um, the closest I ever came was drinking a Dr. Pepper, and that's about it. Um, but... 1 Corinthians 10.23 says this. It says, All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. And it really hits me when I think about this. Liberty and freedom, it's kind of a strange thing. You know, because it is, we have freedoms. We have freedoms as Americans, and I'm thankful for that. But we have freedoms and liberties as Christians, which I'm thankful for too. But we never really think of the impact of our freedoms on others' freedoms. And that's really, I think, one of the great divides in the world today is everybody feels like their freedoms are more important than someone else's freedoms, and it's this giant overlap. And I promise you, I'm not going to get overly political today. It's not about that. Um, but, you know, freedom allows you to do so much, but everything we choose to do has an impact on someone. Um, and, and, it, and it's clear here, and I, and I want you to really understand these two words, expedient and edify. You know, expedient, if you look it up, is the suitableness to affect some good end or purpose intended. You know, you have a goal in mind, and the action is supposed to help you achieve that goal. Um, but the reality is not everything we do helps us meet those goals, if we're being honest. You know, I'm going to be real with you. I love bacon, okay? I love bacon. Um, I could eat bacon every meal, every day. I'd be okay if there weren't even any sides with it, if it was just bacon. But the, but the truth of the matter is, you know, I have other goals. I want to stay healthy. I, you know, I, I, I don't want to have a heart attack. I, you know, there's things that I want to do, and it's not expedient for me to eat bacon every meal. I think we could all agree on that. Um, it will not help me reach my goals. Uh, and to edify is the idea of build, or more specifically, building up in Christian knowledge, instruction. It's the idea of helping someone grow in the faith. And you know, we ultimately, we as believers, um, and, and please don't just only listen to this one point, because if you do this, you're going to leave here with the wrong impression. We ultimately, as believers, have the right, the freedom to do whatever we want to do. God gave us freedom. He gave us those choices. He did not design us as robots that have to have no choice but to faithfully serve us, serve him. He gave us a choice, and we have those freedoms. But you know, some of those freedoms, even if they're not technically wrong, they're not expedient. And some of those freedoms, even if they maybe aren't wrong, they don't edify the believer. They don't help build others up. They don't help accomplish the purpose that Jesus had for us in this life, the whole purpose that Jesus Christ came to this earth. Um, and and when, we, when we look at what we're doing, we need to really consider, you know, 
are we meeting those two goals? Is it expedient? Is it going to meet the, the, the goal in mind that we should all have? Is it going to edify someone else? You know, and I want to be clear right now, I'm not telling you to follow certain rules, to give up certain things because it's going to, you know, win God's favor in some way, that it's going to win your way to heaven because that's not the case. The Bible is clear that it's not about works. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says this, it says, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Um, it's not about what you're doing. It's, you know, I, a lot of this stuff, it's more about why you do what you do. Um, if I could say anything about the Christian life. Um, and, and ultimately, Christ should be the center of everything and why we do what we do because of Jesus Christ. It's what he did for us that makes the ultimate difference. In verse 24, it says this. It says, let no man seek his own, but every man another's wealth. Um, and man, Brother Lloyd was speaking this morning on friendship, um, and, and he is dead on. Being a friend is, is the ultimate love, you know, like being putting someone ahead of yourself. And when he was explaining, you know, like the idea of laying down your life for, for another is not even just technically dying. It's the idea of simply being a friend, putting someone else's needs, someone else's wants, uh, somebody else's life just ahead of your own, sacrificing something in your life to be there for somebody else. Um, and that's what this passage is saying. Let no man seek his own. It's not about you, but another's wealth. Uh, every man, but every man another's wealth. You know, we are to put the spiritual welfare of other people ahead of our own personal desires. Um, and I know that that doesn't go really with the American way. Um, we think, you know, it's me first. It's what I want. Um, you know, we're the land of, of capitalism, and I am not opposed to capitalism. I love capitalism. But the, the thing is, um, it's all about me. It's not about anybody else. It's putting number one first. But we are to put someone else before us, someone else's spiritual welfare before our own desires. And, and, you know, when Jesus was asked, this isn't a new concept. He was asked by a Pharisee, which is the greatest commandment in the law? In Matthew 22, starting in verse 37, he says this, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And, you know, if you're loving God with all your heart and you're loving your neighbor as yourself, you don't really have any room for improvement. But I think if we're all being honest with ourselves, one, we're not loving God with all of our hearts. And I don't think we ever will until we're in heaven one day. I think we will try and we will try and we will try, but we just won't get there. Um, and secondly, the idea of putting someone where you love them as yourself, wanting the same goodness that you would want in your life for other people to genuinely have that love and care for them. Um, that's what it's about. You know, that's why, um, that's why we should lead souls to Christ, because I want someone else to experience what I have. You know, and, and to look at this last 24 hours, you know, losing a loved one, it's not easy. Um, many of you know that. Um, but I want them to have the same peace that I have right now, knowing it hurts. It hurts really bad. But I know he's in heaven. And, and I'm thankful for that. And I want everybody to have that joy. I want everybody to have that peace. I want you to have the same peace that I have right now. Um, and knowing that one day when I leave this world, my family won't have to wonder, will I ever see him again? They will know if they're saved, they will see me again. And that's a wonderful peace that we can have. And that's what I think of when I think of putting someone else's needs first. What is the greatest need we have? It's not. It's not that it's wrong. The Bible talks about giving to others and, and you know, giving food and clothing and money. And those are all wonderful things. But at the end of the day, the greatest need we can meet 
It's telling a soul about Jesus Christ. It's making sure that they know that there is a God that loves them, that sent their son to die on the cross for their sins, and that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and that there is no way to the Father but by Jesus Christ. That's true love right there. Just simply laying it out for them. Um, and I, I tell, you know, I get to preach to the teens a lot up there in, in Sullivan, Missouri, and I tell them this, you know, it's not your job to save somebody, but it is your job to make sure they know how to be saved. You know, we can't force them to make a decision. We have to let the Holy Spirit work, but we need to make sure that we take it upon ourselves to love them enough to tell them. Um, you know, and, and, and I don't mean to say any of this like it's easy to put someone else's needs first. Uh, my wife would be able to give you more faults, you know, of, than, than I could possibly list off up here. You know, now that I think about it, I can't really think of any faults. Um, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but, but the truth is, you know, it is a difficult thing to put our selfish desires aside. Um, man, is it hard. It just, it just is. That's, we are human. It's our nature. It's who we are. Um, looking at verses 25 through 27, it says this. Um, Whatsoever is sold in the shambles, uh, that's a fancy word or old English word for kind of like a meat market. So whatsoever is sold in the shambles that, that eat, asking no question for conscience sake. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And if any of, uh, if any of them that bid not, uh, sorry, that believe not, bid you to a feast, and ye be disposed to go, whatsoever is set before you eat, asking no question for conscience sake. And there was kind of this idea um, back then, there was a great debate over the meat and whether or not they should eat meat or not eat meat, whether they should eat meat that had been offered to idols or not meat eat, uh, eat the meat that was offered to idols. And I'm not going to get into explaining all of that. But basically, the idea behind this is, you know, we don't always need to live life looking for something that's wrong. You know, I, I do believe to a certain extent that the Spirit will lead you. If you're walking with God, if you're reading God's Word, if you're faithful there, and the Lord is leading you in your steps each and every day, we've got to trust that He's going to lead us, okay? We don't need to go above and beyond and trying to find fault with a situation just for the sake of finding fault. And, and, and Paul's kind of saying here, he's like, look, you know, the, if the meat's there, it all came from God anyways. Don't open a full-fledged investigation to find out where the meat come from. It's okay to partake in the meat. Um, just eat it. It's okay. If you're there with other people, it's fine. And don't go and apply this to every other sin. This is a specific situation. But please don't sit there and looking for fault in a situation. Um, you know, and, and there are people that, that will take, and I don't mean to offend anyone when I say this. These examples just came to mind. Um, but there are people I have heard that get so upset about the history of steeples. And, and to be honest with you, I don't know the history of steeples. I don't really care about the history of steeples. I have never heard of a person accepting Jesus Christ as their Savior because of the history of a steeple. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. You can come to me if you have an example afterwards, and I'd love to hear it. Um, but the truth is, I don't, it doesn't bother me. Um, and, and, and when we look at things, and people get worked up about a Christmas tree and whether or not we should have a Christmas tree, and these different examples, and you know, if that's your belief and that's what you feel convicted about, then you need to trust the Lord and you need to follow that conviction. But we don't need to go into a fact-finding mission and everything trying to find fault. You know, God provided for us. God is the Holy Spirit. God will lead us. He will guide us through this life. And he does a pretty good job in his word of laying out those wrongs and rights, I feel like, without going ahead and adding to them. But it says here in verse 28, it says, But if any man say unto you, 
This is offered in sacrifice unto idols. Eat not for his sake uh, that showed it, and for conscience' sake. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Conscience, I say, not thine own, but of the other. For why is my liberty judged of another man's conscience? For if by grace I be a partaker, why am I, uh, why am I evil spoken of for that which I give thanks? You know, and this was, this is where it really hit home. And I did do some studying, you know, and I got in and, and I remember this passage when I was going through the Faith Bible Institute and when John Yates was talking about it and the, and the example that he gave came to mind. He worked uh, on some oil rigs for a while and, uh, you know, while he was still working in the church, he, I don't believe he was a pastor yet. I think he was an assistant pastor at the time and he worked in the oil rigs and he was trying to lead coworkers to Christ. And there was a gentleman there that was uh, a Mormon and Mormons do not drink cattle. Caffeine. That is one of their things um, that they don't do. Um, and for whatever reason, that, that's one of their beliefs. I, I don't know it. I, don't, I can't explain it to you, but that is what it is. It's something they give up. And John Yates said that he had a Coke every day in his lunch. And while trying to witness to the Mormon, he realized that that Coke was going to be a stumbling block. It was going to be something that would get in the way of him being able to lead that man to Christ. And, you know, and, and just hearing him say, you know, is there anything wrong with drinking Coke? I mean, maybe if you ask a doctor again, I don't know. Um, but as far as right and wrong in the Bible, no, there's nothing wrong with Coke. But we shouldn't let anything in our own personal lives get in the way of our ability to lead somebody to Jesus Christ. And, and I say that, again, even, um, you know, thinking of this world and what's going on right now, you know, in a lot of ways... I'm not super over-the-top scared of COVID-19, and I don't know if that's because of my peace with Christ. I don't know if it's because maybe the age I am, and I just think that I am young enough to recover. I don't know, but I look at other people, and I see a lot of people that are fearful, and I don't mock them for it. I don't make fun of them for it. It is what it is. They're fearful, and that's okay. And if, if, if me speaking out against COVID-19 and acting like it is, it, it's some type of hoax or whatever, if that's going to get in the way of me leading a soul to Christ, it's not worth it. Or if me putting on a face mask inside of a store allows me to hand a cashier a track because they're too nervous to take it from a person who doesn't have a face mask on, that's not worth it to me of getting in the way of being able to witness to somebody. And I'm not sitting here telling you to put on a face mask. Don't take that from the sermon. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying we ought to examine every part of our life and say, is it worth it? Is whatever this freedom I have, whatever is lawful for me, is it worth it for me to get in the way of leading a soul to Jesus Christ? And I know those are insignificant matters, and they don't, and we could make much larger issues, um, and, and, and I'm not going to try to do that, but I just want you to realize nothing in our lives that offends other people outside of the Word of God. Never give up the Word of God for the sake of anybody else. But nothing in our lives should be something that we hold on to and clench so much that we would watch droves of people go to hell for. Nothing should be that important to us. In verse 31, it says this, it says, and I, and I love this verse, I really do. Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. And what an amazing summary that is right there. Everything we should do should be about God's glory, not our own. 
You know, when we're more focused on representing him, it kind of changes the way we do things, doesn't it? When we're thinking that, man, everywhere I go represents my Savior, Jesus Christ, my interaction with that person who, you know, in, in your flesh, you just want to give them a piece of your mind, and you all are picturing someone right now because you're sinners, and that's who we are, right? You can amen that. That's okay. But the thing is, when we want to give someone a piece of our mind, and we want to tell someone how we feel, when we're representing Jesus Christ, sometimes we bite our tongue. Sometimes we walk away from a situation. We handle things differently than we would. We treat people differently. We love people differently. We're a better father, a better husband, a better son. We do things differently because we're trying to glorify God. Um, and this should be in every aspect of our lives. You know, and it got me thinking. Um, and I, I think, you know, there's moments in our lives that always get us thinking. And for, for me, you know, this is fresh. It, it certainly has changed my perspective. And I was thinking this morning, you know, I've been so passionate about so many things. But when I leave this world, you know, I don't want people to remember that I was a hardcore Florida Gator fan. That's not important. And I don't want people, or a Seminole fan for the other side, don't, yeah. <laughs> but I don't want people to remember me as a sports fan. I don't want people to remember me as a political advocate. I don't want people to remember me as any of those things. I want people to remember me as someone who loved my family and someone who loved the Lord. I want somebody to remember me as somebody who faithfully served God and led other souls to Christ. And if I'm, if I'm living my life to glorify God, then that should be my focus. It shouldn't be a task. It shouldn't be a chore. Setting aside the coke like John Yates, John Yates did, it shouldn't be difficult for us to say, you know what? This just doesn't matter. And don't misinterpret what I'm saying. I'm not saying don't get involved in politics because Christians need to vote. Your voices need to be heard. You need to stand against evil, and there is plenty of evil in this country to stand against. But don't let your lasting memory be that you either hated one side of the aisle or that you were hardcore for the other side. Let your lasting memory be that you took a stand for Jesus Christ. That's what I want to be remembered as. And when I look at, when I look at my, my, my father who passed away, like that's what I remember. He loved me. He loved this church. And he was here and he was involved. And I don't even know how he was involved in so many ministries. It doesn't make sense to me. How did he have time in the day to do the things he did? But he did. And I'm thankful for that example. Um, and, and that's what I want to be remembered as. Not as him, but as faithfully serving Jesus Christ. You know, um, sorry, in verse 30, let me regather. Verse 32 and 33, it says, Give none offense, neither to the Jews, nor to the Gentiles, nor to the church of God, even as I please all men, in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many, that many may be saved. And man, if this doesn't wrap it up nicely for us, you know, our focus in life should be for the profit of many, or that many may profit, and that they might be saved. I mean, why do we live this life? Um, you know, and I've heard a lot of different people give a lot of different examples of how Jesus could have done things differently if he so chose. He was God. He could have delivered his message any way he wanted to. But you know, he chose you. He chose me. He chose us all. He chose everyone who accepted him as their savior to be the messenger to go and to tell someone else about Jesus Christ. 
I mean, you are chosen of God to be his messenger, to lead other souls to Christ. And there should be no pressing matter in life that's more important than that. There should be nothing that gets in the way of our service, nothing that gets in the way. Um, you know, and, and, and like I said, I mean, it just clears it up that much more. It's not about us as individuals. And even though I said I don't want to be remembered as a sports fanatic, let me just say this. I am going to talk about the New York Yankees for a minute. You'll have to apologize, I'll apologize now. Um, but you know, shh, let's not, don't mention that name. Uh, there is, the New York Yankees have certain rules on their team. Um, and these rules started a long time ago. And many of you probably don't even know this, probably because half of you are like, who even cares about baseball anymore? They call it the pastime for a reason. Um, but the truth is, you know, the New York Yankees, you have to be clean shaven to play baseball on their team. Um, you have to have shorter hair to play on their team. It can't go past a certain point. You don't see any shaggy haired guys or guys with dreadlocks or anything like that to play on their team. And whether it be they're, they're the only team in baseball, whether it is home or away, their names are not on the back of their jerseys. The only name that ever appears on a New York Yankee jersey is the New York Yankees. That's it. Um, and that's in the regular season in the playoffs. It doesn't change. And the point of this is that the New York Yankees looked at it and said, we are a team. It's not about my individual profit. It's not about who you are and what you can do for us. It is a unit. And I'm not saying that everybody who walked through New York lived by that pledge. But what I am saying this, if a professional baseball team can say, it's not about me, it's not about the individual, it's about what's better for the team, I think we as Christians should be able to put aside whatever it is that gets in the way of us edifying each other, being, doing what's expedient to meet our goal, which is ultimately to build this church, to build each other up, and to lead souls to Jesus Christ, we should be able to set aside some of those things as well. And I can't end this service without saying this, because some of you may not even be at that point yet where you know what I'm talking about. But you know, the most important decision you can make in your life before you can do anything good for God, before you can ever lead a soul to Christ, before you can accomplish anything to earn those eternal riches, is you can accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And you know, the Bible's clear about this, and I'm talking about myself right here. I am far from perfect. I know that without a doubt. Um, but the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And that includes me. I'm sorry to disappoint you. That includes your pastor. We have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every last one of us. Um, the Bible says that the wages are what we've earned. Um, is, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus Christ came to this earth. He lived a perfect 33 and a half years, and he sacrificed himself on the cross as the perfect spotless Lamb of God, the only one that was able to take our place. And he died on the cross for my sins and for your sins. And my friend, if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ in your, in your heart, if you don't have that peace, that joy of knowing where you'll spend eternity, there is nothing that would make me more happy today. Um, I know I can say this with certainty now because I know there's nothing that matters more to my Father who's now in heaven that he would want you to know that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and he would want you to accept Jesus Christ. But don't do it for me. Don't do it for him. Do it for yourself so you can spend an eternity in heaven with Jesus Christ. But what's so great about that? Is, and we often overlook this. We always look at it as kind of like a, a get-out-of-hell-free card. But it's not that. 
It's a relationship with the Son of God. It's a relationship with God that day by day we can talk to, we can walk with, um, we can just know and experience a joy and a peace in our lives that we can't get anywhere else. There are a lot of things that offer you temporary happiness, but there's only one thing that can offer you a permanent happiness, and that is Jesus Christ. Um, so I would like to open that invitation for you to come forward this morning. I know Brother Kevin's going to come up, I believe, and lead us in a hymn uh, of invitation. And I would just ask you right now, if you would, to stand, to bow your heads, to close your eyes. Um, and we're going to have a word of prayer, and then we're going to open the, the invitation up, and I'll turn it over to Pastor Andy as he sees fit.